You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn, your host, back with another episode down in Moore, Oklahoma today with Chris Fox, who... I'm trying to think where we actually met for the first time, because we know a lot of the same people. Oh, wow. It's probably Creative Mornings. That's Maybe. probably it. Right. Does that happen to you a lot? Um, yeah. This is Oklahoma. I think that's an Oklahoma thing or mid, maybe a Midwest thing, but yeah. I don't actually know how we met. That's such a common story. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> you're, we're always in kind of like the same crowds. It's like, Oh, I recognize you. I recognize you from Instagram. I'm going to come say hi. And that's literally yep. like how it starts. But that's awesome. Um, you know, I've been kind of following along with some of the awesome stuff that you've been doing and, and kind of coaching and marketing. And it's always fun to see like someone, like I have a marketing degree and I don't think I've ever used anything that I li- <laughs> did in university, right? It was like, you know, take take kind of Scantron tests and, and you know, just show up to class and you, you know, oh, yeah. oh, congrats, you have a degree. Uh, <laughs> no, never really learned how to market something or sell something or whatever it is. But as someone who is in the business, it's really cool to see like your action items and, and knowing people who have who have been clients of yours, mm. uh, you know, Kenan and Brandon and, you know, they just, they speak very highly of you, just so you know. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so I'm sure they're repeat customers as well because, you know, you seem to do great things. Thank um, you. But before we get into like the whole marketing thing and kind of the general theme for for these episodes is you know how do you get to where you are now uh you know who are you and then also why do you do what you do Mm. so um i guess we'll start with you know born and raised in 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 oklahoma or or is this like uh just kind of moved here from college or and stay no i'm i'm born and raised okay i'm one of those guests one of those this is oklahoma (laughs) yeah you're 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 a real oklahoma not like myself oh no i mean that's that's the beauty of oklahoma i think you know there's so many um there's so many people that are you know, making their way to Oklahoma these days. But, um, yeah, I, I was not always proud to wear that badge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it was growing up in Oklahoma. It's, it's all almost anyone can talk about how, how are we going to get out of here? Where are we going to go? Yeah. Uh, but no, I never did. I, I was, um, born in Henrietta, Oklahoma okay. and lived on my family's ranch for several years. Um, we moved to Oklahoma city when I was younger Mm -hmm. and I actually went to elementary school, uh, in mid Dell schools, lived in Oklahoma city, went to mid Dell schools. Um, and that elementary school, I left in the middle of third grade. My parents decided to move back to Eastern Oklahoma where they were both from. Um, but that same year, just a half a semester later, my wife went to that elementary school. No way. Yeah. And like, so we totally missed each other. Yeah. Uh, that third grade year and wouldn't meet for years and years later. But, um, after, you know, the third grade on, I was small town, rural Oklahoma kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up hauling hay, uh, during the summers and my, my grandparents had a herd of cattle. Um, definitely, you know, probably the same experience that lots of people had. We rode bikes to the gas station and, um, just in general caused trouble in our, uh, little hometown. It was six blocks wide. Um, 
And so it, it was just so, so small. It's called Morris, um, Oklahoma shout out to Okmulgee County. Yeah. Um, and then I, I went to OSU Okmulgee. So then it was called OSU Okmulgee. Now it's OSU Institute of Technology. Okay. Um, really interesting campus because so much is going on there. I mean, they have like Swiss watchmaking, one of four programs in the world. Really? Uh, yeah. Culinary arts, uh, business degrees. You can learn to rebuild car engines. You can learn to, um, you know, do graphic design. It was just all of these trades that you could learn. Yeah. Um, of course I didn't go for any trade. I was just there for my associate's degree in business. Um, so that's actually where um, I met my wife. We um, we were dating right mm-hmm. at the beginning of our freshman year and then took a break to be friends. And that's yeah. a funny story between us now because it was like, <laughs> let's just be friends. And and then two years later, you know, we yeah, were madly in love. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're, we're really good friends. Right. Yeah. That's exactly how it happened. <laughs> that's um, hilarious. And so then left there to go to UCO to study journalism. Uh, that was kind of a lifelong dream, dream of mine um, to be a journalist, yeah. uh, to write for a living. And when I landed in, in journalism school, um, that first semester I took basic photo for non-majors and I had never done photography before and just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, so switched my major to photojournalism and ended up getting a, Mm -hmm. a degree in photography, uh, with a, um, sort of a minor in journalism, minor in business. So just all of this kind of stuff that at the time I felt maybe like a lot of us, like you mentioned your marketing degree, I felt kind of ashamed of, you know, like it just, it was a, it was this palette of indecision Mm -hmm. rather than this whole grand plan. Um, and now looking back on it, I I use those skills literally (laughs) every day. Yeah. I mean, it's like not a day goes by that I don't use some kind of photographic communicative, you know, business, uh, skill. And so um, yeah, it graduated from UCO and then stayed. Yeah. We got married and had some kids and now we've, we've been, I mean, it's crazy. We've been in Oklahoma city, um, or more this area, kind of the South side of the Metro for 15 years, maybe even 16 years now. Yeah. So quite a while, quite a while still in Oklahoman, but now I'm no longer an Eastern Oklahoman. Right. You're not like, and, and people listening to this who know you will be like, Chris used to hit like whole bales of hay in the summer. Like <laughs> yeah. Chris worked on no way. Right. Cause and, you know, they see you and they're like, you know, the marketing and, and kind of like the city atmosphere. Right. And right, like, yeah, it's yeah. totally different to where you grew up. And you know, I've shared some beautiful sunset photos to the Instagram from Henriette and that's about as much as I know about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like, um, you know, it, it, there are probably some good sunset photos. Um, Shout out to everybody in Henrietta, but yeah. you know, I, I, this is where I am, where yeah. it used to be. I, I will say if my grandfather ever listens to this, he will laugh because, uh, I did not want to be hauling hay when I did. Oh, so yeah. it's, uh, that is a hot and dirty job. Um, and I do not, I, I look back on it with fondness because I got to do it with him. Yeah. I do not 
ever want to do that again. Yeah. Well, and it's like you were kind of free help on you. You're like, Hey, come spend the day with me. We'll have a great time. And no, he paid me really well. I got to give props yeah. for that. He, oh, that he paid me way, way better than anyone should get paid. That's fair. To haul hay. I guess that's like, that's a grandparent thing. Oh, for, oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you're going to do three hours a week. And <laughs> yeah. Here's way more than you've done, you know, which is awesome. Grandparents, they, they spoil kids and my grandparents totally the same thing to me and my brother too, and continue to do the same thing to me and my brother uh, which I'm super grateful for so when you I guess tell me about the this this OSU Institute thing because mm. Swiss watchmaking in eastern Oklahoma that's yeah that's that's pretty random it you know it's such an interesting campus uh, so I'm a, a product of um, vocational technical school mm-hmm. so I when I was in high school uh, I didn't do it my junior year but I went my senior year to green country votech um, and they are just beside the campus of OSU IT yeah and there I you know studied that's where I did graphic design for the first time. I'd never used, you know, Photoshop. I don't think before that. Um, and so it was this really cool, um, picture of, you know, because at that time it really, I really was like a rural kid, yeah. you know, like we went, we went camping and I, and I knew computers were a thing. My great grandma bought me my first computer, mm. um, like this Hewlett Packard thing, uh, one summer. And, um, but I wasn't ever super into computers. And I think that going and spending my first, the the morning of every day and, you know, in in my senior year at this Votech really gave me permission and and vision to see, oh man, people can make a, a living out of this. And so then following that with going to OSU, um, Mulgi at the time, but OSU IT now, they had offered a scholarship and I didn't really want to go there because again, it was like, how do we get out of this small town? And yeah. the answer is not go to the junior college, essentially in the next town over. Sure. <laughs> that was not the, that was not the plan. But, um, I went because it was free college, you yeah. know, it was going to be a free associate's degree. And, um, the beautiful thing about that, like as a two year school, mm-hmm. um, the way that higher ed works is you get an associate's degree and it transfers as a block. So I came to UCO yeah. full on junior, you know, like there was no yeah. picking and choosing of, of what I, um, of what applied or didn't apply. You didn't have to take an extra year to transfer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a really good thing. And, and I would say to anybody who's looking at higher education, you know, find a way to do it cheaply up front, yeah. uh, but make sure you have that degree because that degree is really what solidifies it. Um, but it was just the most melting pot of a campus because you had these guys who were in auto body and HVAC and they were absolutely your boot wearing country boys, like going to get a trade, yeah. uh, making great money, you yeah. know, looking to making great money. But then you had these other people who were just total like emo kids in the graphic design program yeah. looking to make great money because they were, everybody was learning a trade. And so, um, it, it was very, unique, um, as an experience for college. Cause there are no, like, there's no Greek life. There's no, uh, parties per se. It's just, um, very small town, very small uh, school, like small campus. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, um, and, and people are just coming from all over the place because yeah. of weird programs like 
a Swiss watchmaking program that's one of four in the world at the time. I don't know what it yeah, is today, yeah. but so you had these people who were like, oh, wow, like you're, you know, a German and barely speak English. And here you are in my yeah. small hometown, you know, home county yeah. uh, in Oklahoma. And so it's almost like the world came to us in some ways. Yeah. Um, so now, yeah, these days I'm, I'm proud to have gone there because it, it was just an interesting experience. I didn't yeah. know I was in for. Yeah. Um, and, and now they're still, as from what I understand, going strong, having those technical programs, mm-hmm. um, and, and offering, you know, a, associates of applied science on that end. So okay. they're also a school that had a trimester. Um, okay. So we had shorter semesters yeah. on spring and fall because they had a full summer semester. And mm-hmm. if you were in the applied sciences, any of the trades, you actually went for six um, semesters or six trimesters okay. um, in two years. And that's how you got your degree. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, so you, I mean... You could have, you could be an ag right now. You could have gone down the agricultural route, and you said your family had cattle and stuff. Like, oh, I could have. Like, I stayed out of 4-H. That would have been did. easy for you, right? That would have been like not easy, oh, but that yeah, would have no. been like like the typical cliche. Would have made a lot from of the sense. town. Oh, I'm just going to family business and and kind of you know like raise cattle, do what yeah. I've done forever, do what my family's done forever. But something inside you was like, you know what? I'm going to try something different. I'm going to ch- see what these computers are, and then that guess that got you hooked to. Yeah, that's kind a, I mean, down that road. I never really thought about it that way, yeah. but yeah, I mean that it, it could have, it's just funny. There are so many paths yeah. that any of us can choose in life. And, um, I think that from a real early age, so my, I don't remember how this came about. I don't know if my parents found it or mm-hmm. I found it or it was like advertised, but I went to space camp, um, when yeah. I was a kid. Like for seven years, went to space camp. So yeah, that's not, not like see, that's not a thing back in in the UK. I don't I don't think there is anywhere. <laughs> Otherwise, they just did just didn't tell me that they, it was. You didn't know about it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So for seven summers in a row, I went to space camp. Yeah. And I think that was probably everyone's strong indication that sure. I, I wouldn't go into managing cattle. Yeah. Uh, and hauling hay as a career. I grew up really interested in in science and, um, I guess just really like why things happen the way they happen. Yeah. And the thing I will say about, you know, I, there, I, because I was friends with a lot of ag, ag kids in my high school. Mm. Um, of course in our whole class, like we knew everybody, we graduated with like 95 people. Yeah. And so everybody knew everybody, but the thing I appreciated about it and still do today, I appreciate how much it is treated as a science because it's not a hokey thing. You know, I think some people who aren't from Oklahoma maybe, or, Mm -hmm. you know, a a farm or ranch state might think like it's just this hokey thing or it's silly or whatever, but you know, it's a real science. There's so much tech in it now. Yeah. And so I've always appreciated that that was a a taken that way, but my my interests were definitely always technology, uh, you know, outer space kind of like what, what, something definitely not on the ground of the earth. So, so you go, you meet your wife at at this junior Mm -hmm. college, right? And then you both go to UCO. Um, no. So she was in, uh, she was in the culinary program at that school. So she has an associates of applied science in culinary arts. Mm-hmm. And so she was there for her six trimesters. And when she was done, she had thought about going to UCO, but 
didn't wasn't really interested in because you're what you're really leaving is this two-year school that was very unique and yeah. and interesting to more um, far more traditional college setting yeah. um and she just wasn't interested in that in the culinary world do you have to go four years or is that to your degree like oh good you can go and get a job now no yeah you generally don't go four years as i understand it okay for and it, that's one of that's one of few certified degrees that you yeah. can get. Everything else is really more mm-hmm. uh, a certification, or you know, if you go to like Le Cordon Bleu, it's a it's a it's the act of going and the sure. knowledge you get rather than the piece of paper. Yeah. So so you go to UCO, and then I assume she moves back home. Yeah, yeah. So she, her parents okay. were military, that's great. and we're yeah. here, and yeah. so we ended up moving kind of back to Oklahoma City mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and by that time we pretty well knew like this is it this is this is the rest of life so we come i come to uco i start in the fall of 2004 and um i asked her to marry me that christmas yeah yeah we went to museum cafe for christmas eve or something like that the day before christmas eve yeah and uh i proposed and and it was like okay cool so you know in in july we're gonna get married and what's funny about that is we weren't, we hadn't even really known each other for three full years yeah. at that point. So you just know though, you, you just know. Yeah. And, and after you break up with somebody early your freshman year, just so that you can be friends and then you become friends, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a little more certain, I think yeah. on the second round. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so the, the journalist thing, like how does that fit into everything? Cause you love computers and then you get to UCO and you think, you know, I'm going to go to journalism and then you go to photojournalism, mm. which I understand is the more, you know, that would make sense the more tech kind of side, the computer side, yeah. the photo yeah. editing, the, but the story side of things, the writing, where does that come in? Well, and so I think that probably the way that it would, so my, my late high school career, I remember I had this computer teacher mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Stacy, who was just always so encouraging of us, but, um, but challenging too. She was one of those teachers who would not, you know, if you did well, um, but that wasn't your best, she wouldn't take it. Yeah. She would, she would give you crap for it. Yeah. And like in a, in a very casual way that didn't make you, you know, feel bad. It made you called you to your better angels, you know? And so it was like, you can do this and you can do better than what you've done. I'm, I'm, this is a work, but this isn't about the grade. Like this is about the rest of your life. And so, um, in that course, we did a lot of writing and like Mm -hmm. desktop publishing, I think is probably what it was called back then. Um, and for, you know, various things like that, we wrote commercials, we had to put together presentations. And in that time, which would probably, it was the early 2000s, maybe that was 2000, 2001 school year. Um, I don't know particularly what, if it was the writing that attracted me to journalism more than it was um, just the excitement of being where the action was. Okay. And again, going back to this idea of trying to get out of the small Oklahoma town. Yeah. I, I guess I kind of saw journalism as I can go and chase action and adventure and write about it. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved writing and and knowing that, um, it's going to start taking on a more technical, you know, aspect. Yeah. Um, whereas correspondence today will, you know, 
write their interview questions, shoot their, Mm -hmm. you know, interview, just kind of do all of it. Even a lot of them edit it all together. Um, and so I think it was less about the writing and more about the adventure. Yeah. And in Votech, it was like that. My view was just broadened, um, that, that also technology would be a part of that. Yeah. Did you think that that was going to take you kind of around the world and, and was it more, I'm going to stay local, but do local journalism? No, I really, I think I thought it would take me around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that I had a, I don't think that I had a thought to be in Oklahoma city. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it probably was interesting it was, it was the interest in going everywhere with yeah. that kind of skill. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of having someone like, for some reason, I don't know why this comes to my mind, but like war correspondence comes to mind, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm like, it takes a certain type of person to really want to chase a war zone and sure. report on it. But the people who do it, they're great at it and, you know, power to them. And I think that, so some flashbacks I sometimes have, uh, so we had, at that time we had just had, um, the year 2000, right. Yeah. The, the changeover. Um, and I remember watching like Y2K news reports. Um, I remember December 31st of 1999 watching Peter Jennings on world news tonight. He did, he was on camera for 24 hours, like yeah. on, you know, on air for 24 hours and they celebrated new year's Eve around the world. And they started with whatever that Island is, yeah. right. That has like the first changeover and every hour on the hour, they did some kind of report. Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah, I know. And I, so yeah. I felt like that was probably okay. the excitement and the adventure knowing, and, and I don't, I don't know that I would point to New York city, but just knowing that somewhere in this country, there were yeah. journalists, you know, covering everything that's going on around the world. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, living through the year 2000 and then coming into 2001, I remember being at um, Votech that morning of September 11th. And we, several of us in the class, we didn't have a, um, like we didn't have a way to watch the news. And so several of us in the class took a metal hanger and like Jimmy rigged this little editing monitor that we had on an avid studio setup, um, to get the news so that we could watch, you know, what was happening. And I think that was almost like a cementing of the thing. I'm going to get an associate's degree because it's what's cheap and it's, you know, basically free. And then I'm going to go study journalism because this is the new world we live in. Like we need truth tellers and, and, and people to, to pull back the veil. Yeah. So what was first job out of college then? If you, you, you change, you know, you go to journalism after UCO and then you change the photojournalism and you love cameras and photography. I mean, what is first job out of college? (laughs) Well, so is it anything to do with those? No, not at all. Right. (laughs) Uh, Oh man. I, I was a wedding photographer. Okay. Um, and it's so funny to talk about this now because it it's I'm definitely the kind of person who I don't make a plan and, and stick to it, or at least I wasn't then. Um, my, you know, I don't know what personality trend you're into these days, but you know, I'm an ENFP on the Myers Briggs scale and Enneagram seven. And so it's just like, if a shiny object is dangled, you know, anywhere in my field of vision, you can almost bet I'm going to, I'm going to pursue that. And 
And so graduating, really changing my major from journalism to photography was less about changing from journalism to photojournalism. It was more about, I don't want to have to make up that semester to go over to fine art photography. Okay. It, it really was, I want to make art with these photographs. Gotcha. Um, so in, in, for whatever reason is as noble as we just had this whole conversation about journalism. Yeah. It was like, I abandoned it in an instant. Yeah. Um, to go and, and explore dark room and, you know, fashion photography and just things like that, that were, um, high minded, but in a different way. Yeah. And so I think I just am always trying to find the next iteration of something, you know, when it, when it was technology or writing, I want to go the high minded route. I want to be a journalism and I want to, you know, reveal the, the truth and, and yeah. tell the story. And then it was like, Oh, photography. Okay, cool. Now let's do that. Let's, let's be high minded. Let's, yeah. um, you know, do these darkroom uh, procedures that are almost dead, that almost no one does in the yeah. digital world. Um, let's look at fashion photography and how it's very high end and, and almost all fake, you know, yeah. uh, because it's, because it's art, it's painted, it's, it's nuanced and all this. Um, so I think that's kind of where that, that sure. ended up, but then, you know, to leave, it was like, well, how in the world do I make money with this? Right. Um, and I, I had some friends leave UCO and go transfer to New York, you know, and, um, Chicago and just yeah. really go and pursue photography. Um, but by that time I was married and ready to not, work at a bank anymore. That was my part-time job yeah. through college. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, I can do wedding photography and it's a lot of fun. You're basically going to a party every weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, you make beautiful things that people love and that are really important and memorable to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and you get paid to do it. And so yeah. I left I, when, in a lot of ways that was my internship. So I, I had to do an internship. Okay. Um, and I did it with a local photographer, Josh McCulloch. Um, he was an outstanding wedding photographer, still is. And I just kind of fell in love with, with that, you yeah. know, um, do you know, Josh? I, the name sounds so familiar. He, he runs in the Nazarene world too. Okay. That's um, probably why the SMU, name sounds so familiar. Yeah. And I just appreciated his take on the whole aspect of it. It was, yeah. he runs a much more relationship driven business okay. than, you know, I, I shoot your wedding and we, and we never talk again yeah. kind of thing. And so I, I just fell in love with that. You know, it, it was like, Oh, here's this next yeah. cool thing that in a lot of ways combines technology and art and relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and so I did that for a while. Yeah. How long? Um, for a, a little while, I think about two years we did still images and then we decided to start shooting videos. When I left school, when I left college, it was, just at the beginning mm -hmm. of the of the widening of, of DSLRs into the video world. Gotcha. And I mean to the point where my senior project in school, the instructor said, um, hey, you can actually shoot video on your DSLR cameras now. So if you want extra points, make a video of a behind the scenes look at this fashion shoot for your sure. final project. Yeah. And so I made that video as, as an extra credit thing. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I'd never, we never learned video or anything. So about two years in, Josh said, you know, what do you think about offering video to our 
photography clients. Um, and so I used lynda.com to teach myself yeah. nonlinear editing. I'd never done any video editing other than that extra, you know, credit project in yeah. school. We'd never taught on it, never, you know, studied it, but turned to the internet and an online, yeah. you know, education website and taught myself video. And then we did that for another three or four years. Yeah. So, and then you just someone dangle something shiny in front of you again and you just think I'm going to go for that you know to, have, you to hear you it? say it like that it, that's yeah. absolutely true <laughs> I, I would I would try to make it sound more high minded but that's absolutely true yeah. um, at that time here and more uh, a tornado came through the town yeah. in 2013 and in a way it was like we want to help our neighbors and sure. so several friends and I and um, people who represented a couple different churches started helping people clean up debris and that that effort of helping people clean up debris the morning after the tornado turned into a five and a half year job at a nonprofit we accidentally founded <laughs> Yeah. And so it's funny to, I don't mean to demean that work, but, no, but that's like, shiny object. I mean, yeah, like yeah. it's, it's like, here's a new fun thing that you can use all the skills you have acquired. You yeah. can grow in new areas, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it was absolutely the right step and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Uh, yeah. but it was just another of those examples of, okay, here's a, here's another left turn I can take yeah. on this journey. Um, just to kind of explore something new. And then, but you said it, um, you know, everything that you've done leads up to this point and you use everything that you've done to oh, this yeah. point, use all your photography, use all the writing, use all, you know, all this stuff that you've learned to get to, you know, even going from lifting hay bales as a kid that you hated to lifting debris, like the, all this stuff makes sense and comes full circle. Yeah. And you know, you put in like your time there, you do your five years or whatever. And then, cause I know we're good on, we're rushing time a little bit here. The, how do we get to what we do now? Mm. Cause now you're in like marketing, coaching, you know, all yeah. these things that, that you've learned and also all the stuff like that would, you would have grown in those five years at, at the, at the nonprofit comes to now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and the, the way that, um, I talk to my clients about it now, even as I encourage them in their marketing efforts mm -hmm. and in our coaching sessions is there's a thread. There's always a thread yeah. that runs through either the life of a person, um, the journey of a customer, a whole group of people, mm -hmm. there's, there's a thread and your job as a marketer, um, whether you're doing your own marketing in your business or my job as a marketer that you've hired mm -hmm. is to find that thread because that's what allows us to connect to the beginning of a story to the end of a story. Yeah. And so for me, my thread is really communication. It's storytelling to, to make it sound lofty. It's storytelling, yeah. but in a very practical way, it's communication all the way back to my junior year in high school. And I'm, you know, putting together a fake commercial for Mazda, yeah. um, in a, you know, in a desktop publishing and business marketing class or what, I don't even know what it was called, but it yeah. was just computer class in high school. And they were like, Hey, what if, you know, put together a presentation, write This, uh, can you write a commercial? Uh, it's so funny to, 
to know that those teachers probably take some flack every year from students going, why does this even matter? Yeah. And that's the beginning of my thread, learning to communicate to people um, and to, and to present ideas in a way that compels people to action. Yeah. That's my thread. And so whether it was studying journalism, um, you know, and learning to tell the truth, you know, and, and present a story, a right. set of facts for people to use, whether it was shooting a wedding and knowing the couple's story and, and who they were as people and, and trying to bring that to this lifelong memento they're going to have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, starting a nonprofit, being able to motivate and, and activate people to serve and, and help their neighbors, uh, being able to raise money for that effort. Yeah. It all came down to distilling this idea, this, this, um, story or this piece of communication that, that was presented to people in a way that called them to action. Yeah. And that is still what I do today. Yeah. And it, I mean, I don't, obviously we've had this whole conversation nowhere in this plan. Did I, did I say what I'd really love to do in my mid thirties is own a marketing agency. Um, so it was never part of the plan. It right. was just following my thread uh, unknowingly, yeah. you know, it, oh, I'm not trying to sound like I had it all together, uh, but just following my thread. And, and that I think is one of the things that makes me passionate about what I do now mm-hmm. is I knew, you know, when, when it came time to do something for myself, um, I had experience in video and I thought I should, I, I want to shoot brand videos. Yeah. And so I started doing some of that and it was like, no, you know what I really love doing? I love writing these videos. Yeah. I love, I love the, the strategy and the structure in, in why we're making this video. And so the more I explored that, the more it led me to, you know what you really love doing is you love writing marketing plans. You love finding that thread for people yeah. and boiling the, it down to the most basic ideas so that they can communicate well and, and yeah. get something out of it. Which goes back to the journalism side, the writing part of it, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, everything, everything comes to, I still remember instructors, you know, going the first paragraph of your yeah. article has to have who, what, when, where, why you've got to have gotcha. all that information right up front yeah. and you, you learn in journalism, you don't bury the lead. And that's the same thing in marketing. Yeah. Stop burying the lead. Stop, you know, writing a four paragraph Instagram post, unless the information is right up in the top. And I love this thing, Donald Miller, uh, who leads the organization I'm certified with. He has this saying that the, the job of the first sentence is to get people to read the second sentence. And to me, that's just like, that's so applicable everywhere in life. If you're communicating, uh, in any amount for your profession, for your family, if you're a parent, you know, whatever it is, the job of the first sentence is to get people to read the second. And whether that's, like I said, talking to your kids, whether it's talking to your boss, whether it's marketing for your company, Mm -hmm. giving a speech, you just have to remember that thread is what's going to run through sentence one, two, three, four, all the way to whatever, you know, that makes so much sense. Doesn't it? It It's so simple as well. And that's one of the things I've read, you know, Don Miller's the story ran book and it's a great book and for everyone listening should definitely go read it if you own your own business or even if you want to start a little side hustle because it's very easy to do that these days um and if you're working from home because of covid then why not start a little side business um you know in the book he's like just simplifies things isn't it and i I love the example in the book that he uses of like that paint company it's like go to the website like can't figure out what you do you know you're like a bride shop or something because your logo and a picture of your building is like 
cleans the whole thing up. It's like, we paint stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's like, that's all you need to know. And it's like, uh, and also I thought of like YouTube titles as well. You click oh, yeah. on YouTube, you know, there's so many videos you can watch and there's always, you know, clickbait titles or whatever, but news headlines, you, you know, headline titles, whatever it is, there's a reason that you click on it. And the same with reading is a reason you continue to read chapters or yep. pick up a book and you read the back of it and you're like, Oh, I'm going to buy this because this book seems really good. Like, you know, why, why do we, it, it, it's, I don't know why I've never thought of this in actual life and normal life now. Right. It just make why sure. is, why should it only be YouTube titles and, and, and tie, you know, news articles and books. And it, you're, I mean, you're right. The, yeah. the basics of human communication are trying to get, the greatest number of ideas or, or the clearest version of that idea across as fast as possible. And, and it's because we all are short on time. We're yeah. short on time and attention. There's so much noise in the world these days. You know, you make that decision, um, in three seconds, yeah. whether you land on someone's website and, and for anybody listening, if you have a website, someone lands on your website in three seconds, they've made the decision whether or not to do business with you. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's the same thing of, of scrolling through YouTube videos. It's the same thing of finding a new podcast or that book to read. Um, we make those decisions lightning fast. And so we have to structure our communication yeah. in a way that meets people where they are in those really quick decisions. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or we have to, and this is probably more likely for everybody, we have to build a relationship, right? So the yeah. job of the first sentence is to get them to read the second. Well, the job of the first email is to get them to read the second. The job yeah. of the first Instagram post is to get them to read the second. So it's, it's about building a relationship because so few of us sell things that are impulse buys or right. ask people to make commitments that are impulse commitments. What we really need to build with people is a relationship and, yeah. and clear communication lets people know, okay, this person's worth following. This person's worth listening to. Yeah. Yeah. So now you, you know, marketing agency, you work for businesses, you, you do client coaching, you know, you do a lot of things, um, you know, current times what's happening what's going on you know i know we mentioned before we started recording you have some events coming up and things that people can get involved with so how's all that been and you know i guess what is it that you do exactly day to day for people if someone's listening that's like i want to start a business or someone's listening that's a marketing director for a mm. bigger business uh, yeah, good question. I, day to day, I really build marketing plans. Okay. And, and the way I sum it up for people is most businesses or business owners struggle mm -hmm. to market their business as well. And so I help them create marketing plans that that give them a path to follow, right? Yeah. That lead in more, lead to more customers, lead to business growth. And it really breaks down in one of two ways. Either I do it for you or I do it with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so in my coaching business, you know, we have, um, some new cohorts that are coming out. Um, and that's a 10 seat, you know, zoom call where as a business owner or a marketing director, you're building the marketing plan yeah. with my guidance and you get to ask questions live and, and have live teaching. Um, and there's, you know, a, a plan to follow a workbook and you get to carve out the time mm -hmm. to really make that happen each week for six weeks. But, um, we do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well, where we'll sit with a business owner and go through those same six sessions, but it's only you and me, you know, for an yeah. hour each time. And, and you're really asking your specific business questions and we're right. building language, um, specifically for your brand. And, uh, and then sometimes we'll just do it 
for companies if, if they don't have the time or the desire. Some some people mm-hmm. really want to hire a marketer, um, you know, to build that plan and then hand that plan off to someone else. So we'll do that for them as yeah. well. Awesome. So full service, basically. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. I mean, and, and we are really picky with the clients we work with, mm-hmm. uh, but it for, for the right business and, and the right client. Um, yeah, we, we love creating that plan and, and helping them execute it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, for everyone listening, where can they follow you? How can they get involved? Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so I hang out on Instagram a lot. It's at chrisfox.co. Um, but that's also the website. You can go mm-hmm. to chrisfox.co and, uh, sign up for our email. Uh, we tend, tend to send, uh, once a week or twice a week emails that our view of it is I want to give away as much as we can. Um, I can't possibly, you know, even if every one of your listeners wanted to be a client of mine, I couldn't do it, you know? And so our goal is give away as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So we send out value in our emails every week. We post it on Instagram and, and, uh, it's just like that Donna Miller book story brand. It, yeah. Don says, if you buy the book, you have everything you need. You know, it's just about your confidence and the time that you have. Yeah. And so all we offer to, to clients really is, is confidence because we're experts in marketing mm-hmm. and the time. So whether they can't, you know, handle it and don't have the time to do it, or they need that time, uh, to walk with us while they craft that plan. Um, so on our website and Instagram, uh, probably the best places at chrisfox.co. Awesome. And then what, I mean, finish up with this stuff. We haven't really talked about, I guess, family life. Now you have little kids and I guess little, not so little kiddos and, and like, you know, what's, what's been going on family and then how's, how's continued life in Oklahoma city and, and more now? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny. I think, as we, our kids are 13, um, 11 and 10. Yeah. And so they are not small anymore and I'm getting old and it, it's, it's starting to feel, you know, like, oh man, this is uh, the beginning of middle age. And <laughs> it's funny that you say how's life in Oklahoma city, because we have all of these dreams. Um, we love to travel. Okay. Um, when our kids were little, we joke about this old minivan we used to have, um, that our, minivan in the course of one year went from San Francisco to Niagara Falls. And so we love to travel and, and see the country so far in the world someday. Um, but as we keep thinking and talking about it, it's, it's like Oklahoma city feels like it's going to be home base. Yeah. You know, um, as, as much as we love to visit other cities and we'd love for it to be perpetual fall, 70 degrees, you know, all the time. Oh yeah. Um, we just don't see ourselves leaving Oklahoma city, Yeah. even though we see ourselves traveling the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, life is weird right now with COVID. We've had to put off a couple of trips to national parks that we, that we wanted to go and had on the bucket list for this year. Um, but our, our kids are growing up and really as we look to our future, we're only about eight years until our kids are either out of the house or in college or, you know, starting their own businesses. And so we are kind of like, okay, what does, you know, a trip to Switzerland look like, right. we want to do a European river cruise for our 20th anniversary. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what, what family life is. It's, it's really just about day to day, giving our kids the tools they need to succeed. I mean, part of my life plan is, is I want to look back and say, I've raised three successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, I'd love for my kids to start their own businesses. And so whether I help them pay for college or I help them by investing in their initial, yeah. you know, and their initial business idea. Um, I just want them to be successful. And then, you know, we are 
really pushing hard to grow our business in a way Mm -hmm. that we can do it from anywhere in the world. Yeah, it would be sick to just go full nomad with the kids and like team bus around the country. Yeah. You know, where do you want to go to this week kind (laughs) of thing and just travel around. That that sounds amazing. So that's kind of the dream. But with Oklahoma City as home base, that that feels nice to know. We're perfect location to travel everywhere, really. Get a good start. We're halfway to wherever we want to go as far as this country goes. Yeah, I love that. That's why I love being here. It's just so awesome. And I do share, I think a lot of people now like myself or like they see the Instagram, they see the van culture and the van life. I'm like, <laughs> I need to get a van. Uh, and I saw one the other day that had a podcast studio in the back of it. And I'm like, oh, now that is the goal. I can drive is. all around the state and just not, you know, just, Hey, we got a studio in the back. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. That one that was custom built for you. Oh, that would be awesome. So there may be a, um, a GoFundMe coming soon. There you buy go. me a van. <laughs> <laughs> and I will come and interview you wherever you are. You can do uh, a Patreon for real, for the go. real fans. Exactly. people who want to make it happen exactly that would be sick um but mate this has been a pleasure thanks so much for taking an hour out of your day and, and away from your clients to, to share some stories and for everyone listening i'll post all the links that chris mentioned down below his website chris fox co and instagram as well so thanks for listening we'll catch you next episode cheers thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.